Spring turkey season is upon us, and don't be caught out in the woods without having Onyx Hunt on your phone. One feature Onyx has that is often overlooked for turkey hunting is their recent imagery filter with their elite memberships. This imagery is updated week to week, and it comes in extremely handy, especially when you're trying to find these gobble zones where these turkeys will go out in a high spot on a fresh clear cut and strut around all day long. Actually, I was just looking at on Onyx where, where the timber company just came into Andrew's club and did a very small clear cut along this creek, and I can see the high spots on the topographical map, but also I can see exactly where they mulch, and those are going to be hot spots for finding gobblers, especially mid-morning after they get off their hens, getting up on these little high spots in this fresh, small clear cut along the creek and strutting and gobbling all day long. If you want to give Onyx a try, you can actually download it for free, try it for seven days, and if you decide to purchase, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN and save on your premium and elite memberships. So go into this turkey season, know where you stand with Onyx. Look, y'all know we harp on it a lot. You need a good pair of binos. Yeah, I never hunted with binos until I was almost into my 20s. I never did it when I was a teenager or anything like that. Or when I was a kid, we never had binos. And when I bought my first pair of Vortex binos, the first binos I ever purchased back in like 2015, it immediately made a huge difference for me, especially in the turkey woods. So give yourself the advantage of a good pair of binos this spring, whether you're looking for more of like an entry-level bino like the Vortex Diamondbacks or something really, really nice like the Razors. Vortex is going to have something for you. And hey, don't pay full price for it. Use our discount code at eurooptic.com. Use the code SGN10 to get a discount on any Vortex optics that you want to order. Again, that's eurooptic.com, code SGN10 to go get a discount on any Vortex product you order. If you live in the Gulf Coast region, you need to find yourself at the EcoWild Expo May 10th through the 12th in Mobile. It is the premier outdoor expo for the Gulf Coast region, and we're going to be there. We're going to have a booth. We're super excited about it. Can't wait to meet you guys that live down there. We absolutely love the Gulf Coast region, so to be a part of this show, we're super excited about. We're going to have past podcast guests there at our booth for you to talk to, guys who are relevant for your area, who you can talk to, you can pick their brain, you can joke with them, laugh with them, tell them your story, whatever you want to do. It's going to be a awesome time. We're already working on some past podcast guests, but hey, if you live in this area and you have a suggestion for someone you want to see at that show, write in and we'll see if we can get them. There's going to be all kinds of exhibitors at the show that are focused on hunting, fishing, conservation, and recreation. There's going to be activities for the whole family there. They got axe throwing, archery. They're going to have our podcast booth. And then for the kids, they got touch tanks, a honeybee exhibition, a raptor show, kids fishing tank, BB gun range, and a butterfly house. So you're going to love it. Your kids are going to love it. It's going to be an awesome time. So head on over to ecowildexpo.com to get more information on the show and to go ahead and grab your tickets. And hey, mark it on your calendar, May 10th through the 12th. Be there. We want to see you and we're excited to talk to you. So we'll see you at the EcoWild Expo this May 10th through the 12th at the Mobile Convention Center in Mobile, Alabama. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Southern Outdoors <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> Did you just break something? <laughs> no. I might have. Maybe I did. Maybe I did. Oh, man. I think I did. All right. I'm here with the ginger. They're just the ginger because he hasn't been bow hunting in very, a while. Hey, so I'm no, not going to call you the. No, yeah. No, that's that's very good. I was like, good point. Good, very good point. <laughs> you haven't been bow hunting in a while. So you're. I'm not going to call you the ginger bow hunter this week. Yeah, no. No, I don't blame you, dude. Um, dude, I haven't been hunting in freaking forever, dude. It's, it's been a while. Let's see. Today is the 20th. So it's been. Dude, almost since like uh, I don't know, January first or second since I went deer hunting, so it's been a while. Yeah, this is like pretty typical of my year. I uh, I hunt a lot in December, and then January it just tapers off. You know, like I I'm trying to hunt as much as I want to, but for for whatever reason, man, January is always like busy for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think I've only been I killed that doe on like the I don't even know when it was. I killed that doe right before Christmas, I think. And then, oh, dude, I think I've only been like maybe four or five times since I killed her. I haven't been, I have not been hunting enough. Mm-hmm. It's making me mad. Well, since neither one of us has been hunting a whole bunch, let's jump straight to the, straight to the goods, dude. All right, guys. So, Andrew. Time out. Uh oh. Before I forget. Uh oh. Anybody in Lee County, Alabama. Okay. All right. There is a pint night for backcountry hunters and anglers. This Wednesday, which is the 23rd, in Auburn at a restaurant called Bow and Arrow, which is super cool. They got awesome food. Yeah, dude, that place is cool. They got deer heads all over the wall. It's like a like a South Texas barbecue kind of place, and it's freaking good, man. They got good food, but they kind of like mixed it with the Alabama potluck, so you got like it's kind of like a meat and three. Yeah, dude, it's good, man. Like but- it, it's a uh, it's freaking good. Like you go through, get you some brisket, some dang like collard greens. Uh, Mac and cheese, squash casserole, man, it's good. <laughs> well, you gotta explain. So we gotta, I was gonna say you gotta explain what a pint line is for any of our listeners that are not BHA members. So basically, uh, it's for people like local members of backcountry hunters and anglers, or people who are interested in just the whole, you know, backcountry hunters and anglers group, I guess. So we get together, kind of just BS around about hunting, you know, have some good food, have a beer. And talk about hunting. I've met a lot of good hunting buddies that way. So I'm actually, I think I'm, depending on how my hunt goes tomorrow, I might actually try and make the drive to Birmingham and make the one on Tuesday in Birmingham so I can see Chad and Jamie and all those guys. It's been too long since I saw them. So, mm-hmm. And Parker will be there too. I'd oh, like to see Parker. Legit, dude. Hopefully he'll have his new canoe by then. I don't know though. Yeah. I, forgot, yeah, I, don't, know but, the, I don't know what the turnaround was, but. No, that's awesome. Yeah, man. but that that's that's Wednesday night in Auburn. So if you're in this area, come to it, or I'm going to be mad at you. All right, Wednesday night. What's the date on that? You can't just January say January twenty third. I was going to say you can't just drop the drop the date without or drop the day of the week is going to be on without telling the date, since uh, this is not a live <laughs> podcast. Well, it's almost live. It's going to drop in like four hours or something. Yep. No, not really. More like eight hours. Mm. I drop it. I always drop these early in the morning on Monday so people can listen to it on their way to work. Mm-hmm. No, I understand. Yeah. 
Well, but yeah, everyone needs to show up to that pint night. It's going to be awesome. All right, awesome. So any of our Alabama listeners, I try, you know, try to make the drive down to Auburn and be able to do that. It's going to be a heck of a time. I will not yeah, be there. Yeah, no, because you're boring. No, there's we- going to be one in Huntsville on the day this drops. There's one in Huntsville the day this drops. Then there's one in Birmingham the next day, and then Auburn the next day, and then I think Fairhope the next day. Dude, I, I need to so. see how far I'm, I am from Huntsville right now, dude. That might be worth the drive. Uh, dude, tell, okay, well, f- fill everybody in on your current living situation. Yeah, you haven't you haven't said a word about it, dude. I know on the cause, podcast because I've been trying to get some stuff arranged correctly first before I made any announcements. But yeah, so I got transferred for work uh, from Nashville to Atlanta. So I went from one big city, which I, which you know I thought was big, to now a really big city. <laughs> <laughs> so it like not like now. Atlanta compared to Nashville is like comparing Nashville to Birmingham. Like it's like Birmingham's so itty bitty, and now Nashville's so small. It's like not even like, not even like worth looking at. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, so finally got you know situated down here, apartment, everything uh, set up. So this is gonna be, I think, my second official night here, dude. It's been sweet so far. Just trying to get some stuff situated, uh, making some local connections for deer hunting. Um, gonna be doing quite a bit of urban bow hunting this coming year. So. You know, first of all, Atlanta is known for big deer, urban, you know, big urban bucks. And uh, got a buddy, I got a guy uh, that, you know, we've met uh, back at ATA that we're going to be kind of doing some team up with and uh, going to be knocking down some doors and getting some permission, man. So I am excited about that. But uh, yeah, so living in Atlanta, it's a little bit closer to Birmingham, a little bit closer to you too. So that's going to be legit. Uh, Yeah, yeah, dude. On one hand, I'm like real excited that you're closer to me because it's going to make life easier for this little thing we got going on with the podcast and videos and all that. But I'm upset that you moved away from Tennessee because dear God, man, the hunting in Tennessee was so freaking good compared to where I'm at right now. Like I'm going to miss having that free place to stay up there with you, but uh, I'm sure we'll make some trips to Tennessee this coming year. I know we're going to do it in Turkey season for sure. Oh yeah. No, they do not for sure. Definitely going to be going back in deer season quite a bit too, uh, and you know trying to spend as much time as possible up there. But I think you know that's enough about that. But man, we got to get to you and guys. So you know Andrew, you know he's engaged, and uh, they decided to uh, jump right into ha- to getting a baby. No, not 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 okay, not not a human baby, but they got a fur baby, aka they got a freaking puppy. So oh yeah, man. We got ourselves a little pup. So we hung out with Kevin Murphy. Uh, see, what was that? Three weeks? Two weeks back? Three weeks back? Yeah, three weeks now. Two weeks. Two weeks. Oh, three, yeah, three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah. I don't know. Man, I don't. It know. all runs together. It's all January. In January, we hung. We were hanging out with Kevin Murphy for a whole week, and and I had a blast with him. Hung out with a bunch of dogs, and Andrew just got the the dog favor and decided to go get himself a puppy. Man, and I swear it looks like you got a uh, uh, a feist, dude. It looks like a mix between a feist and something else, man. So uh, I don't know what he is. I think we're going to do one of those DNA test things. But oh. We were planning on getting a dog before I went up there with Kevin, and then Kevin was wanting to sell me one of those little squirrel dogs. But I was like, ah, I don't know, maybe. But I didn't get one of Kevin's dogs. But uh, we ended up getting a dog. Because I thought the reason I didn't buy Kevin's dog is because I thought that we were going to go get a bloodhound. But then that kind of fell through. So we went to a local place and picked up that dog and... I don't know what he is, but he looks a lot like Kevin Squirrel Dogs, and uh, I don't know. He's he's a cool dog. I like him. Six months old. I don't know if he'll hunt or anything, but Tiffany's probably gonna ruin him because she's always like cuddling up, like 
babying him up and everything. So I don't know, man. I like him though. I started making, he was in the other room the other day and I started making some like squirrel noises and he like ran in there barking at me. I was like, good boy, good boy. <laughs> Gave him a bunch of treats and everything. Yeah. So when are you going to, the question is, when are you going to, you know, uh, you know, get him out in the woods or just start training with him? I mean, are you going to train him? Is he going to be just a house dog? Are you can try to do anything else with him? Or are you going to make Kevin uh, hate you for the rest of your life for not having a, uh, a working dog? <laughs> we'll see. I'm going to, I'm going to get through a little bit of deer hunting, hopefully kill another deer, and then I'm going to go out and I'm going to like shoot a couple squirrels and uh, just see what see what he does with them. Do like what Kevin said, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll probably cut their tails off and uh, tie them onto like, you know, like a string on a stick and like run them up trees and see if he'll tree on them and everything. So, we'll see. I mean, I don't like I said, I don't know what he is. He's, to be completely honest, I don't I don't think he'll do that good cuz he's a pretty low energy dog that makes sense oh my gosh he's he's not super high strung but he's pretty cool i like him we named him bridger yeah i was gonna say what was his name so bridger dude i like that name man that's a bridger man like jim bridger yep exactly so that's that's fantastic all right so you got you gotta you now have a baby that's we're just gonna call it that um, easy now <laughs> man, you, got, you got a child oh man it's it's coming too fast i told you andrew to wait mm. Mm. <laughs> I, I wasn't expecting to be an uncle so fast, man, but it is what it is. Happy for you. <laughs> easy, Tiger. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but um, awesome, awesome. But, dude, I know there was a couple things, you know, our, our you know our last podcast we talked a little bit about ATA, but uh, we'd love to kind of, you know, touch on some stuff we didn't talk on or touch on last week about some of these um, products that we kind of snuck around and kind of just found. Um and you kind of, you know, how much a blast it was. You know, we both really enjoyed it. Uh, and, you know, that Adeladdle really caught me off guard. You know, finding that thing in the uh, Carbon Express booth. I mean, what was your thoughts when you saw that? <laughs> Finally, an Adeladdle. <laughs> I, I didn't know what to think, dude. I saw the dart and I was like, is that? And when we walked over there to it, sure enough, big freaking Adeladdle. I think it came in three pieces. As a screw-in tip, so you can put a broadhead on that bad boy and uh, go fling an arrow at something, or not a, not an arrow, but I think they call it a dart. Yeah, it's a dart. Yep. Yeah, yeah. dude. Uh, in <clears throat> Mark uh, Smith from Mark's uh, Mark's Outdoors in Birmingham, which she's not the owner, just one one of the uh, one of the one of the workers there. I guess uh, one, one, of the, one of the Botex. Uh, Mark was over there. And he was kind of showing us the product, and uh, it was kind of funny, just kind of. You know, seeing him kind of talk about it, and we were looking at it and everything. And man, dude, I'd love you know all these guys talking about like shooting real heavy, you know, really heavy arrowsets. I'd love to weigh one of those darts and see what those suckers came out to. <laughs> dude, you know that thing's got to be like a thousand grains or like, dude, you know, eighteen hundred grains. Dude, it was huge and heavy. But yeah, it's cool how you can actually put a broadhead on there. I mean, dude, it had a field tip, and uh, you know, it's tapered because they're pretty big around. It's probably like well, almost a, you know, probably three quarters of an inch in diameter. And, uh, you know, it tapers down the front to be able to accept, you know, a broadhead or field tip. And, man, you know, a six-foot dart, like, you know that's going to be fun just in the backyard flinging on those things as long as you don't hit, like, the neighbor's kid or neighbor's dog. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what Mark said. He's Fling like – Fling him at squirrels. Yeah. Oh, heck no. No, man, I need a big ta- – <laughs> I need a big target. I need a, I need a round hay bale or something, okay, uh, just to practice with, let alone – if you hit a squirrel with that, I'd give you props, man. I'd – I'd go buy you a bottle of Blanton's or something. Who knows, dude? I'm 
I'd love to fling one of those darts at a squirrel. Dude, I'm, I'm awesome. I told him, I, I told Mark, I'm like, I gotta buy one, and he's gonna try to get a couple in the store. If he does, dude, I, I want to tell him put my name on one of them at least, because uh, I'd love to get one. Which I can't throw that thing in my apartment. There ain't no freaking way. If I throw it outside, my neighbors think I'm crazy. Uh, well, there's all kind. Of, there's a bunch of YouTube channels of guys who make their own atlatls and mm-hmm. go hunt with them. Uh, there's one guy in particular, I can't remember his name, but it's like I feel like every other week I see him like fling a dart into a pig or something. Oh, uh, I know. It's like on Instagram, there's a guy uh, hunt primitive or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah, that's it. That's yeah, it. And yeah, he he killed. He hunted uh, gators down in Florida this year with an atlatl that he made himself, made his darts, made his own. Um, Points. points for it and then also weaved his own um twine or whatever for his turkey help. feather fletching well turkey feather fletching but he made his own twine because on the dart it had like a it had like a break off tip or whatever and literally had you know 15 foot of this homemade vine rope he made that would go to a homemade jug out of uh bamboo and that's like that's how he freaking killed those freaking gators. It was cool, but yeah, okay, but yeah. So it's hardcore, man. Super hardcore. That's awesome. Yeah, that's some next level crap, dude. That's some next level stuff. I'm, you know, uh, yeah. I don't know about that, but I know on the last episode because the last episode we did was with um, a tethered. tethered, right? Yeah. So Carl, um, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, the one that really kind of helped design uh, the saddle and really kind of. Uh, stitched the first couple prototypes. Uh, you know, he'd been hunting with a trad bow for I forget how long, or stick bow as he calls it. And dude, you know, during that episode, he talked about if he ever went back to a wheel bow, as he calls them, a compound, it'd be one of those gearhead bows. Did, did you? And he bought one. He bought one, dude. I was like, holy crap, man. So he, he's going to pick up a wheel <laughs> bow again. I'm like, dude, this is freaking legit. So uh, I, can't, I, I, can't, I can't wait for him to get that because I want to get his feedback on it. Cause uh, he's like a he's a, he's a really smart guy and he really thinks things through and he sees issues and things that he likes to fix. So I'm real interested to see what he does with the bow when he gets it, like how he likes it compared to his normal setup and like anything that he would change on the bow or anything that you know any issue that he sees come up. Cause I mean it is intriguing for for us saddle hunters having a bow that's you know 20 to 24 inches axle to axle. Well, as, as he says, <clears throat> he said, you know, it wasn't necessarily the whole uh, thought of saddle hunting with it, but the idea of packing it in and out and the packability of it as a setup, which is, you know, 100% true. I mean, you know, you got a 24-inch bow or even a 20-inch bow, you know, first of all, your arrows are going to be longer than the bow unless you have a very, very short draw length. Um, but just the packability of it, and like he was saying, uh, you know, doing some of these uh, elk hunts, you know, out in Colorado and everything else, you know, just being able to have a really compact, you know, setup you can carry around with you and go over deadfall is, you know, super going to be super valuable for him, especially when he's used to shooting a 60-inch uh, recurve. So, you know, yeah. I, I think he bought the 20-inch. Uh, right, I think he got the 24. Oh, he did get the 24? Okay, sweet. Dude, I might drive out to Missouri just to go try it out, dude. Uh, I don't know. I need to go out there during turkey season. Who knows? I was about to say, we might be going there in turkey season. Maybe. maybe. But that is to be determined. To- Which, speaking of turkey season, I made the mistake of starting to watch uh, Pinotti Project, oh, all yeah. the Dave Owen stuff. Uh-huh. Oh, God, man. You want to talk about getting ready. I love his videos. Like They got me pumped up for turkeys because he's got a lot of stuff where... I mean, basically, his videos are like the whole hunt. Like, they're long videos. They're like 30 to 45 minutes or mm-hmm. something like that. 
And he's basically showing you everything that went down. And for me, Dave Owens is definitely like a hundred times better at turkey hunting than I am. And seeing how he was handling certain situations on like old pressured public land gobblers, I was like, man, like I would have never done that. And that's probably why he's killing them and I'm not. The first thing that struck me was like, he calls so much. Like he calls a ton, which I never do. But I don't know. I want to have him on and talk to him about that. Maybe we can make that happen. But uh, yeah, dude, I'm ready for turkeys. And speaking of turkeys, NWTF's coming up. Woo! Dude, someone needs to be like, you know, singing hallelujah and everything else, man. It's about to get good. <laughs> it's about to get good, boy. Yeah, that's that's when you know the spring's coming fast is when NWTF is here, man. So I'm excited. You know, last year was our first official time to go. Uh, really, just as we had birthed the idea of the podcast. I mean, I think we had like one episode out or maybe two episodes by the time we went to uh, to NWTF last year, dude, and it mm-hmm. was a freaking success. Absolutely great time. Met a lot of great people, man, and had a lot of really good people on the podcast because of it. So I am so excited about going back this year again. Oh, yeah, man. This year's going to be even bigger. So I'm excited. We have a great time every year at NWTF, but this year's going to be a lot different because we're actually going as media members rather than just fellers, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. What do you call the rate? Like, I guess just like a attendee, like a regular attendee. Yeah, just we've gone we've gone three years now and as regular attendees, but now we're going as media members. Yeah, no, as Andrew calls them peasants. So <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, oh, no. I'm joking, guys. I'm joking. No, but yeah. So we're going as media members this year instead of just you know regular, uh, just regular people attendees i guess as andrew said it uh, last year so this can be even better uh hopefully we're gonna bring you some guys uh some really good interviews and also some really good content especially for what we're gonna be doing this spring so you know of course yeah. we're bringing back the strut report so it's gonna be even bigger and better this year so get ready for it yeah the strut report in all honesty, is one of the most like successful things we ever done. We ever did. Done. Like it, it took one of the successfulest things we ever done on this here endeavor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real, man. People ate that up. Like people liked it, and I'm I'm glad that we were able to produce something that helped people like that. So we're excited to kick it off again this year and, and get that rolling. So, uh, and with NWTF coming up pretty soon. Uh, we're, we're hopefully going to have some nicer equipment where we're going to be able to do some really high quality shows while we're at the, at the convention. So if there's anybody in particular that somebody out there wants us to interview, like somebody, you know, just interesting or someone who has some crazy ability to kill turkeys all the time, uh, let us know and we'll try and interview them because pretty much anybody and everybody's there and we can get in contact with them. Oh yeah, no, it's gonna be it's gonna be a heck of a time. Also, for anyone that's gonna be going to the show, you know, reach out to us if y'all want to. You know, we'd love to. You know, stop by and you know, sh- you know, talk with you guys for a little bit. You know, if y'all just want to uh, come hang out for you know a little bit, that's that's fine as well. I know we get some buddies that are gonna be going that are super excited. Uh, it's gonna be their first time going to NWTF, so we're going to hang out with them a little bit also probably record some podcasts with them so it's going to be a great time but yeah guys if you're going to be at NWTF just let us know and you know try to find us while we're there uh, there's going to be about probably 80,000 people plus 
uh, at Just this look year's for edition. Jacob's blaze orange hair. Yeah, I was gonna say that's that's at ATA. At, at, yeah, ATA man, I was you know I, I stood out. I guess everybody was seeing me from like two hundred yards away. Like, hey, Jacob. Yeah. It was dude, that it's was hilarious. It's gonna be same thing at NWTF because we were wearing the uh, like we got these black pullovers that are like a quarter zip, and it's got Southern Outdoorsman and orange letters on it on, on like the chest, and we'll have media badges on. So Jacob's going to be wearing like blue jeans, a black shirt with a media badge with a blaze orange hair. So you'll be able to see him like way through, mm-hmm. way through the crowd. <laughs> I don't know. So, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll bring me a whole ginger posse with me, man. Just look for the red flow while we walking. The red flow. <laughs> the red tide. There you go. Uh, but, yeah, um, it's going to be a good time. I can't wait. Yep. Yep. And also we get a, it's not officially announced, but it's going to happen. We're doing a, Backcountry Hunters and Anglers event like we did last year, uh, which, you know, you and me weren't able to attend just because of the timing for it, which I'm going to try to talk to them and try to make it later in the week so we can make it. But uh, anyways, we're going to do a storytelling event, hopefully, kind of like what we did in Nashville uh, back in, gosh, when was that, May? Uh, yeah, back that's in, where we met Kevin. Yeah, exactly, dude. Um, so we're going to do another storytelling event. Uh, with some really good guests, some really good story tales. It's going to be a great event. Uh, they're just kind of playing out, the, you know, finishing up the details for it, and then we'll, you know, be officially announcing that. Uh, also, I believe uh, Josh Watts told me that they're going to be renting another Airbnb in another house. So we're going to have another house to go crash at a little bit throughout the day, at least in the evening times, go over and uh, have a beer, talk to a bunch of great guys, and have a really good time. So anyone that's, Ryan Callahan was there last year. Yeah, Ryan Callahan from the old Meat Eater and – in first light so uh we'll see yeah, who they, they they were all hanging out together until like three o'clock in the morning yep and i think he had, said he had to catch his flight like that next morning so yeah it's gonna be interesting to say the least but super excited about that is uh by the way is uh tim gonna be showing do you know if tim's gonna be there tim Insley? i can't uh, I can... Yeah, I think he said he is. I can't. I couldn't remember if he said he was or not because I don't know. I can't remember if he was coming back with Onyx or how he's doing it. Anyways, one of our one of our buddies, guys, Tim uh, Insley, uh, who who we actually met at NWTF last year, and was hanging out with him at ATA. Uh, he's a great guy. Uh, we're hopefully going to have him on the podcast sometime soon. Yeah. But just trying to work tremendous out schedules. filmmaker. Oh, really good filmmaker. Yeah, I mean he's kind of part of the crew for the you know Badlands Film Festival. I mean, dude. You know, he's really helps make it happen along with everyone else at Badlands. So, which by the way, that was awesome. Uh, that film festival was one of the best parts of ATA, period. Yep. Yep, dude. Oh, man. I, I hope they post some of those videos. I'm not going to lie. I, I'd love to get. I want to uh, go back and watch them. Yeah. Dude, I want to go back and watch that mountain goat hunt was legit. Um, yeah. Just the way they documented and everything, it was, it was fascinating. Uh, and then also, uh, 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 Clay, um, Oh man, I'm about the botch's last name, Clay Newcomb. Newcomb, there you go. Yeah, his video was fantastic. It was, it's kind of sad that he wasn't able to win uh, the short film uh, version, but oh yeah, dude, I voted for him. Yeah. So, but anyways, also so all right, so we got NWTF coming up. Uh, gonna be dealing with that. We've already talked about backcountry hunters anglers. What we got going on in Alabama? We got a, a well, we didn't really talk about it all that much, but got a pint night tour it's like all this week i think it's like every night they're doing it in a different city is that correct yeah yeah i i i that's what i mentioned earlier was the uh tomorrow or the day this drops huntsville and then the day after is birmingham and then the day after that's auburn and then the day after that is 
Fairhope, I think. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure it's Fairhope. It's somewhere down down there in South Alabama. But those are going to be awesome. Everybody should show up. Crash the places. It'll be sweet. You'll probably meet some awesome hunters there who you'll become friends with, which is pretty much what we did. But, you know, we keep talking about turkeys and stuff, but there is deer hunting to be had still. Yeah, in, in some states like Alabama, yeah, dude. Now, like people in Tennessee, we're just getting started, man. We're shoot. just getting started in my man, neck I, of the woods, I, dude. I haven't been deer hunting so long. I don't know. Hopefully, I get back out, man. But if I get back I got out right rusty, now, man, I, it'd be oh, it'd be really bad if I went out right now on some public land. Like, oh, dude, it would. It take me probably an hour and a half to get freaking set up. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I mean that. I, it didn't take me that long. It took me long longer than it has like throughout the middle of the season to get set up. But the main thing I did was I went in the other day and just made a rookie mistake because uh, I, I took the bow in because I was wanting to stick a doe at least because you can't shoot does with a rifle where I'm at. You can only shoot bucks. So uh, I took the bow in, wanted to just shoot a doe at least, you know, set up in some thicker stuff. And I uh, went to this area kind of it's kind of like planted pines there's a lot of privet in it and uh, like little thickets like small little creeks that run through there that are thick around the creeks found this trail that went perpendicular to all these creeks like just cutting right across them and i found a scrape on it and it was like a big heavy trail so i'm like okay right here so i pushed down the trail a little bit kind of trying to get closer to the thicker cover where I, i know the deer must be hanging out in there and I get to this spot, and there's just a slight, I mean, just slight little rise, and the trail runs across the top of it. And it's like a nice, heavy, beat-down trail. So I was like, this, this right here, I'm going to kill a deer right here. And it was one of those days where, like, you just get a feeling. You're like, it is going to happen. Just keep calm today, you know, like, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That day that I saw that big, giant buck run right past me in Tennessee, that that's the feeling I had that day. I was like, stay calm. Just keep sitting here. It's going to happen. So I got that feeling, and I was like, okay, today's the day. And I get set up and everything. I'm sitting there, and I got in, like, way, way late. I didn't get set up until, like, oh, my gosh, probably, like, ooh, 4.30. I mean, it was horrible, like, way late getting in there. And, I mean, I do my opening little interview for the camera, and I look down right after, I, like, five minutes later, and here comes a doe, I mean, downhill of me, and it's not a big elevation change. She's probably, like, 70 yards away, and maybe, like, maybe, like, four feet of elevation change, I guess. And even with that small elevation change right there, I should have known that the thermals were going to suck right down into that bottom, but what it was was, like, 70 yards down there in that just little tiny low spot, there was, like, a little band of thick cover. It was mostly, like, privet and stuff coming out, and sure enough, that doe pops out and works right along the edge of that. And she's down there just feeding on all kinds of green stuff, like green briar and the, and the privet itself. And she kind of angles and starts coming up towards me a little bit, uh, but nothing ever came of that. She kind of moved off. And I ended up seeing two more does come out of there. And the last one that came out was right at dark when the thermal switched, and she got down there and freaking busted me so bad, mm. dude. I, I could feel the thermals hit me in the back of the neck, and I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> and, yeah, she she like, she like looked straight up at me and turned around and was like, I'm out of here. And then I like sat there, I was like, she did not see me. Like, there's no way she saw me. I'm in the saddle on the other side of this tree. And then I was like, I felt the draft on the back of my neck. I was like, oh. Bro, bro, 
Do you even watch Dan Infault on YouTube? <laughs> Listen, I've been bi- apparently not, dude, dude. In this whole like moving situation, was, I was sick as a dog this past week, dude. Like legit, actually went to the hospital, which you know you know about. But um, dude, I was so I was sick from like pretty much Tuesday through Saturday, and uh, and anyways, dude, I've been I binge watched most of all of Dan's videos. Okay, I mean he's got like 161 of them. I've watched 130 at least, okay? I mean, hours. <laughs> and he talked, they talked, when they talked about like hill betting and stuff, not just hill betting, but uh, Jeff G, which I forgot how to say his last name, uh, just got. It's like Genki yeah, or something. Yeah, something like that. He just got on the running gun page. Um, we were, you know, he was talking about on one episode about kind of where he's been seeing, you know, they were talking about kind of hill betting, but really how they're traveling on, in hill country. And he says a lot of times, especially in the evenings, he's seeing a lot of stuff happening down at that bottom one-third uh, topo line, uh, kind of like on, on some of the hills and everything. And it kind of got me thinking in some situations, kind of like what you got in, of how to change stuff up and not always get so stuck up at the top, especially when you have thermals and stuff and very light winds of how to maybe adjust what you're trying to do, get a little bit lower so you're not getting blown out from down below you, especially that, and that's the kind of travel corridor in some of these different areas. Um, but, dude, another thing about Dan. Dan's got me super excited about uh, hunting. Um, I don't know what – we got to come up with a name for this unit, dude. But he's got me super excited about man, for hunting cattails. It's if you go look on the YouTube channel, it's the one where I sent an arrow over the back of like the oldest, fattest doe to walk the face of the earth. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah, that broke my heart. Andrew Andrew missed a doe by seven feet over its back at twenty five yards, and that doe is probably twelve years old. Yeah, yeah, I, I sure did kill that limb in front of us. Though. Oh, dude, freaking gave it a haircut, dude. Um, oh, yeah. but anyways, but he's got me really excited about that. Like the way he talks about hunting, talking big bucks, not just deer in general, but like, you know, bigger deer, which we, you know, I'm sure there's some really big deer on that property and how they use cattails. And it's kind of true because we were finding all that buck sign down on the edge, the transition edge from cattails to like the timber, the higher ground. And that's got me super excited for next year, dude, or really this year. I mean, next season, but this yeah. year, um, really would like to put a lot of time in that unit, dude, like preseason before it gets going. Really, we need to go like right now. Like second season goes out, we need a really cold day, really like tomorrow, so we don't get bit by giant water moccasins. And uh, yeah. go in there and do some scouting, dude, because it would be fantastic. I'm so excited for it. Yeah, I'm pumped up about it too. I can't wait to employ more of those tactics, which the whole the hunting beast method stuff in the south, I think we're going to probably do a podcast on that pretty soon about kind of our thoughts on it. Not just yet, because we're still hunting for these next two to three weeks. Uh, but, you know, pretty much the last solid two years, I would say, we've been employing that tactic pretty heavily. Like, we pretty much based everything that we've done around that tactic. So I want to get us and some other people that we that, that use that style of hunting in this part of the country and kind of do like a little discussion on what we think about it. Yeah. But uh, well, yeah. I mean, there's there's still still good times to be had, man. You you still got a few hunts in Alabama left. Hopefully, I'm hunting all day tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'm going in before I'm going in at four o'clock or not four o'clock. Sunrise is at like six forty five now, so I'm gonna get to my gate at about four forty five, and then I'm gonna drink some coffee, and then I'm gonna 
walk uh, walk off into the woods at about probably five o'clock, and then uh, I'm gonna I'm not coming back out till after dark. I'm bringing the rifle in, packing a lunch, plenty of water, and a camera, and we're gonna see what we can make happen. Yeah, I don't, dude. One thing I like about living in the Eastern Time Zone, at least especially how close I am to the Central Time Zone, dude. Like even in the winter time, it's getting dark so much later here than what I'm used to. Oh, I know, dude. Dude, it's like, man, it's not fair. Like, right? I mean, it's it's about to be ten o'clock, and I mean, it's getting dark at like six thirty right now. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, that is so much more time I have, you know, to go hunt. Which I don't have a Georgia license, and I'm not buying one right now. But, anyways, I thought that was pretty freaking cool. So it's gonna get me even more excited for turkey season. Um, but dude, man, not not trying to jump back on that the uh, Dan Infault talk or everything, but dude. His videos, man, that was the first time I've literally spent a lot of time watching his videos. I've seen some of them beforehand. He is absolutely one of the funniest people I've ever seen. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he is. I mean, how what he does on camera, dude, is ridiculous. I mean, catch you know, he's catching all these freaking different animals in his little blooper scenes at the end of his videos. And his intro and outro song is freaking awesome. Freaking <laughs> what is it? Um it's like Iron Man. Yeah, Iron Man. But instead of saying Iron Man, it says, I am the hunting beast. Yeah. It's pretty <laughs> epic, dude. It gets me fired up. I listen to it. I'm like, yes. Come on now. You crank that up in your car. Dude, I'm, I'm, about to play to some, I'm about to play some right now. Like, Let's go. Dude, Let's I'm, go. I'm telling you. <laughs> and like, the funny thing is, like, you know, especially his early videos, like, his videos are super rough quality. Like, super rough, man. And, uh, you know, even now, like, you know, they're, they're a lot better than when they were in the beginning, but it's still, you know, not the same as some other, you know, videos that are out there and different people. I mean, it's not just, like, as highly produced. Like, yeah. Not super expensive cameras. But, dude, probably not super expensive editing software. But, dude, I freaking enjoy the hell of it, man. And it's not, like, even the, like, he, he does a lot of videos where they're not killing anything, dude. And it is, like, this mm-hmm. this is fun, dude. It's just fascinating to watch him. I mean, dude, there was one episode he gets yeah, man. he gets absolutely crapped on in the rain. I mean, just gets soaked. And his, dude, like his beard <laughs> is just soaking wet. I'm like, dude, that looks, that looks horrible. Like, embrace the suck because he's doing it right then and there. Yeah. And wearing, like, dude. loafers in the tree stand. I'm like, that's epic, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like how he I like how he shows that failure, too. Like, because uh, for me, uh. I think, like, as hunters, a lot of times it's, like, easy for us to, like, we'll, we'll learn something and learn and learn and learn, and then we'll kind of plateau out a little bit, and we kind of stay stay about the same. And the, when the hunting public launched, I was probably on, like, one of those plateaus where I was kind of, like, trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. And, dude, uh, I started soaking up their stuff like a sponge. And it was because they were showing, like, failure. And for me, you know... Being success, being successful isn't just knowing about what to do, or knowing. Oh, let's see, how do I put this? Uh, knowing how things went right, but it's knowing what to do when things go wrong. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Uh, or really, that, that was a that was a huge help for me, dude. Yeah, because that's I feel like that. You know, you can read every article out there about like what to do to go find a big buck, or what to do when when you want to go do this, like how to find this, how to kill that. But you get out there and you start screwing stuff up and stuff starts going wrong and you got to learn how to deal with those situations and get past them. And I feel like the hunting public and the hunting beast has like, <laughs> they've done a tremendous job with that stuff. Oh yeah, no, for sure. And I, that's what to me makes it a lot more realistic for a lot of people, especially new hunters. You know, when they're watching TV shows, and I forgot who, who I was talking to and they brought this up. 
you know, TV shows rarely ever show any kind of failure. They don't show the wounded deer. They don't show, you know, the the deer that they don't find. They don't show some, you know, sometimes when they just make extremely bad shots and they just don't put it on on, on camera. Um, they don't show Chris Brackett shooting two bucks in one day. Yeah, yeah. And, I'm like, <laughs> and it's just like, you know, stuff like that. And it makes it unrealistic for, like, especially someone new getting to hunting. Like, oh, man, these guys are perfect. They're always making their shots with a rifle, bow, whatever they're hunting with. You know, they're always doing things right. And, like, and it, when someone's struggling being new, um, you know, that that's, like, send, sending the wrong message. Uh, you know, they're you know these TV shows are all about the entertainment factor. And they're not really teaching a whole bunch, especially to someone new starting out, because they're you know they're hunting also on you know guided properties and stuff like that, and they're having also success. And you know a new hunter's like, hey, you know why am I not being able to do this? You know I'm hunting these, these same states. You know why can I not kill a deer like that? Uh, yeah. And you know I'll say you know the hunting public they do live in Iowa. They hunt quite a bit in Iowa and Missouri, and they kill some really big deer in those areas. Uh, not taking anything away from them, but, you know, that's not the same as the South. And they came down here, and, you know, they had luck getting on here, just couldn't make it happen. But it's like one of those things that everything's regionally. Uh, you know, what's, what, what's um, you know, content-wise, what is uh, realistic for someone in the Midwest might not be realistic for someone down here in, like, you know, Georgia and Alabama. Uh, I think Jordan Barnes, we were talking, me and him were talking about this. He's, he made the comment, and I kind of – you know, believe it to a certain aspect, unless you had thousands of acres. You know, some of the best public land, you know, some of the public land or most of the public land in, in Iowa is probably better than most of the private land down here in the southeast. Um, unlike, um, unless you own, you know, thousands upon thousands of acres where you can really highly manage some stuff. You know, this on the aspect of, you know, ag and everything else. But, um, you know, it's one of those things that, um, you know, do stuff for the greater audience and not just for the entertainment factor. Uh, you know, I, I like to try to, you know, be, you know, cut up on camera and everything else, but it's like one of those things, you know, trying to make f- hunting fun and not, um, not take yourself so serious. You know, everybody likes cutting yeah. up every now and then, you don't you don't have to be super serious all the time to the point where it's not fun anymore. Like if hunting doesn't get, if hunting's not fun to you, man, it, you're in the, you're doing the wrong thing. Something, something's wrong. You need to change yeah. it. Yeah. You're not going to, you're not going to stick around. It's not fun. Well, I mean, you might stick around. I mean, I, I know guys that are super big trophy hunters. I'm doing air quotes right now. People can't see what I'm doing, but doing air quotes. And, um, you know, they, they they stress so much about that hitting that next threshold of their career of, like, what quality buck they want that they don't – all these other deer that they're passing and stuff and doing all this kind of stuff, they don't take in any joy necessarily of letting these deer walk because they're so stressed out about trying to get oh, that next yeah. one. Like they're, they're, uh, oh yeah so i got some strong opinions about that if you want to like everyone everyone talks about the whole uh like progression of a hunter like you start like quote unquote youthful bloodlust like i just want to kill i just want to kill one i want to kill a bunch i want to kill a bunch of deer and then you kind of grow into okay i want to kill a bigger deer okay i want to kill a mature deer okay i want to help someone else kill deer like that kind of progression of a hunter over their life mm-hmm. and i see a lot of dudes Especially, man, like a lot of guys I was in high school with, even like you're talking like uh, like teenagers and early twenties guys, and I mean even like mid twenties to thirties guys who are maybe a little bit newer to hunting. The with the kind of content that a lot of the content that's being pushed out there is like what you said earlier. It's like really based around like success, hitting that next threshold, and everything. So I'm seeing like super young guys who are like torturing themselves 
because they're like, oh, I passed them up. I wanted a mature buck. Yep. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, like you've you've never killed like a good buck. Why are you passing stuff up, man? You just need to kill them, man. You need to kill something. You got to get experience killing them. You got to have fun. And for me personally, right now, I'm not super hung up on waiting for like a five year old deer. Like if I see a good rack buck, I'm going to kill it. I don't care if it's two years old. You know, mm-hmm. that buck I killed earlier this year was two years old. I don't care. I had a blast, man. I'm. I hooped and hollered like crazy when I shot him. Mm-hmm. But what were you about to say? You raised your hand. Yeah. I noticed. <laughs> no, so like, uh, I mean, that was us growing up, dude. Um, after we shot our first, me and my brother shot our first deer. And our first deer were, were, you know, small bucks, you know, year and a half year old. I think mine was, we're both of them were a year and a half year old bucks. Um, my uncle, again, my uncle's the one that got us into hunting on our little family farm. And, uh, Anyways, he, he, he got us to the point where he's like, okay, now, you know, since y'all killed your first, first deer, the next deer y'all kill has to be, like, a mountable deer. That was the next rule. And then, like, a few years went by. We didn't, I didn't kill my first deer until I was, like, uh, 12 or something like that. Um, and then by the time I was, like, 14 or 15, instead of a mountable deer, or which it was still a mountable deer, but he's like, it's got to be at least three and a half or four years old before you can kill it, okay? So he was trying to teach us like how to be able you know age a age a deer and all this kind of stuff, and it it kind of to me took made it less fun to be honest. I mean I like to go hunting and stuff, but like dude, when you're hunting an 85 acre farm in Bibb County, it's uh, Bibb County, Alabama. You know the chance to have you know higher quality buck when all your neighbors around you, you know except for one for the most part hunts pretty heavily. You know if we mm-hmm. had if we had one or two de- if we had one deer that was over three and a half years old, that was really good. I mean, they were, yeah. and that's why, dude, I went so long, and, like, we never shot does. I shot, I think I shot, I've killed one doe down there ever, because um, we we never shoot does with rifles. I never, I didn't get into bow hunting until I was in high school, and uh, anyways, dude, so I went, after I killed my first deer, dude, I killed another buck, a mountable buck that was all broken up, uh, like, two or three years later, and, dude, I went for, I went, like, two or three years, dude, without killing anything. Like, just, just didn't do it just because it wasn't a mountable deer. It wasn't a mature deer. And then, you know, we can't, couldn't shoot does. So it kind of got to the point where I'm like, that's why I started hunting public land. Cause I'm like, screw it. Like, you know, I respect his rules and everything and I always do, you know, what my uncle wanted us to do, whether we went to the clubs or whatever leases and, uh, you know, let, you know, they want to shoot an age class, certain age class buck. And we, we do that. But uh, I'm like, I want to hunt public land, dude, just to get more kills under my belt. Like, in all honesty, that's what I wanted to do and kind of learn yeah. more and not just sit on green fields and not just go sit in a stand because, you know, uncle's like, okay, this is the right win. You need to sit in this stand and not really learning much. You're just sitting there waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that I, I can relate to that, too. Yeah. And, I mean, that was – that that kind of, like, took the – I'm not going to say necessarily took the fun of it because we still always like to go hunting because there's always, like, the imagination of having that big deer come out. You know, especially – in August, we'd always get really big deer on camera. I mean, we had we've had at least one deer on that property that was easily 160, at least in velvet. Uh, had a couple of them, pictures of them at Hardhorn, but right around that 160 inch, real old deer. But then you know, come late deer season, mid deer season, you know, the rut around there doesn't start until like late December, going into January. You know, those deer aren't showing up. You know, they're moving on. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so it just made it fun, you know, just to go out there and think that oh maybe that deer shows up or whatever. But, you know, you're just kind of a kind of a letdown. But, you know, getting to public land hunting, kind of going back to what you're saying, you know, it's not all about stressing yourself out trying to shoot that bigger deer. Like, we were down there, we're like, oh, yeah, you know, we're, we, we, our goal is to shoot like a 130-inch deer. Dude, there's never been a 130-inch deer killed off that farm in the 60-something years our families owned it. 
like my great grandfather owned that property back in the what was it like the uh, early or mid 50s okay that's when he bought the property and uh dude they've never killed a 130 inch deer off that property in that long so yeah it's yeah. it like set the threshold so high that like I just never killed anything. It just and you it, can't hit it. Yeah, and then like I started hunting other places, and like I had that threshold, and then I had somebody tell me I don't know if it was you or someone else. They're like, why the why do you have such a high threshold? Like, why do you want to kill? Why do, where are you setting your goals at this number instead of worrying about you know getting experience, you know, killing stuff? Because that's that's true, dude. You know, you can wait as long as you want without killing anything, but if you don't have experience taking shots and killing, especially you know bucks and larger animals, and kind of working your way up. That one time, that once in a lifetime deer comes by you, especially if you're, you know, bow hunting or even with a rifle, you know, there's a very good chance you're going to botch the shot or you're not even going to get a shot off because you're going to be so shook up. So, yeah, you're going to screw it up. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Growing up in hunting clubs, I think I've told the stories before where we grew up on like hunting public land because uh, my dad kind of got out of hunting, but he got back into it when I was born because he wanted me to be interested in it. And so he was a good squirrel hunter, but, you know, he didn't grow up deer hunting, so he wasn't the best deer hunter out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, he killed a few deer. He killed some big freaking deer in Kentucky, which may, I'm, I'll go ahead and post up a picture of one of them tomorrow. He's killed some giants in Kentucky, but um, he never killed anything real big in Alabama, which I, I don't think he only killed, but, like, oh, gosh, probably around 10, maybe less than 10 deer in his life. Because from his like basically mid thirties until he passed away at forty four, so roughly maybe like ten years, is when he was like hard deer hunting, and uh, so you know he got us into the clubs because we weren't seeing anything on the public land, and I had a lot of experiences on that club where the the owner of the clubs like, hey, I want it to be outside of the ears and eight points or better. Well, that was like hard for us to get on and like i said he wasn't the best deer hunter so it was hard for us to get on does too a lot of it consisted of sitting on green fields i missed a few does you know being however old i was super young and uh like missed a few opportunities at small bucks because they weren't you know quote unquote legal per the club Mm -hmm. rules and then finally one day this like forky steps out and dad's like kill it and that was my first deer. He's like, whatever, if if they catch us and, and want to slap us with a fine or whatever, whatever, you know, so you should go ahead and kill it. So I killed it, and there was my first deer. And then I, I killed, like, two more deer after that on that club, like two does. And then uh, and then I started hunting with Colton and Mr. Benny, who were, um, who were, who were on that podcast with us not long ago yep. with Kevin. Mm-hmm. And then, and then it ramped up because Mr. Benny hunts everything, and he's really good at deer hunting, so I got a little bit better at it when I started hunting with him. And then, kind of like you, I got into the public land game after that, like kind of wanting to find my own way and learn my own things and not be, not be confined to when I get an invite to go to their club with them or whatever, but just be able to go whenever I want and go do whatever I want mm-hmm. and kind of learn myself. Like kind of like you said earlier, because I wasn't learning much with it when it was like, "Hey, go sit on this green field over here." Yeah, and the funny thing is, I've had especially this year. Uh, one of my uncles, um, Michael, he's got. I think, I think I talked about this a little earlier in the, in the year. I think he's got like four leases this year that he picked up, and uh, you know, one of them's a small club. Um, the other three are either he's in there with a couple buddies or it's his own, and uh, he invited me to come out and hunt a couple of them, and I'm like, dude. You know, I was like, yeah, that's fine. You know, 
that sounds good, but like, it didn't get me that excited. I mean, he's got some cool deer and everything, but I'm like, I don't want to go hunt one of these clubs where he's been and he think he, you know, I don't like going hunting somewhere where someone thinks they have it down pat. Uh, yeah. Where it's like it's like under wraps, like hey, you know, there's these five different bucks that are you know worth you know probably worth shooting. Uh, you know, I've seen them in these 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 locations, this and that, and then it's like you're going back out there and again. It's more about a waiting game. You're sitting there waiting because you're waiting on one of these five deer, okay? And you're just hoping the one of those deer come out of there. Like, you're, there's no, um, uh, there's no mystery, I guess, which is one reason I kind of like hunting mm-hmm. public land. Like, I, you know, I, I have no issue hunting private land at all. Um, but it's like one of those things when you're just gonna go and just like go down to a farm something for the couple days. Um, I don't know. It's just. This year just hasn't appeased to me like all that much. Like I just or appealed to me, not peas, appealed to me all that much this year, where I really just kind of like wanted to take time out of my already busy hunting schedule and work schedule to go hunt, you know, some of these different leases. I'm like, you know, it doesn't it didn't get me that excited, which is kind of weird because yeah. last year I probably would have been like hell yeah, but then I'm like, I don't know, just didn't get me excited this year. So I'm like, you know, no big deal if I don't go hunt them this year, whatever, you know, still get yeah. still get public land, so it's all good. Yeah, tomorrow. I'm gonna, I'm like I said, I'm leaving like way before daylight, and I'm packing a lunch and staying in all day, and probably gonna be doing some still hunting around and everything. I live for days like that. Like you can't, at least on the clubs that I grew up on, you can't really do that. Like you can't just go still hunt around and go explore. And for the most part, you already know like the club because most clubs are gonna be somewhere between like a few hundred to a few thousand acres, depending on how big it is. Mm-hmm. Well, on, the, on these public parcels, you know, I might have, you know, thousands of continuous acres I can just kind of wander around on. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about that. I love doing stuff like that and and seeing new things. But like what I meant by that is it doesn't take long to like learn a whole club and, and you've been on it for two or three years and you know every little nook and cranny. But for me, like it... Like every month, pretty much at some point, I'm hunting something that I've never even seen before. Yeah, you know, it's like like the whole. I'm I'm very. Um, I'm trying to think how to put this. I, I love the idea of sitting areas just a couple times, or maybe just one time. Um, the idea of being able to kind of jump around, not being confi- confined to just one little small space. Now, if it's a small piece of public, then you know it is what it is. But, you know, we don't hunt very many small pieces. Like, to me, a small piece of public's like a couple thousand acres. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But. We hunt the big chunks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, it's just one of those things, you know, when I'm hunting one of these farms or leases and everything, you know, my, it, it, it might be as big as, you know, maybe a thousand acres if it's one of these, you know, a good-sized club. But most of the time it's going to be a hundred, couple hundred acres, you know, like one of these family leases or something. It's There's nothing about it that, like, I can look at it on a map in, like, three seconds be like, okay, I'm going to hunt here, here, here. That's it. Like there's like three or four spots that will jump out at me, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, if I blow this one, then I'm probably blowing this corner of the property and this and that. It's just like, I don't know, man. It's Having the freedom just to be able to kind of roam around, I just like that. And, and again, getting the opportunity to be able to, you know, if I want to harvest some does, you know, if it's, you know, an Alabama, you know, doe day or whatever, you know, or if you're hunting with a bow, you know, be able to get some does or, you know, be able to opportunity to maybe get a good buck to walk by. Again, you know, dude. I pass a, a a small um I don't know I don't know how old that deer was I'm not gonna say he might have been a two year old but he just had a really dinky little rack um in Alabama and it's like just finding something that just makes you 
be like, okay, I want to shoot that. My whole thing is if it gets me excited, like not like I hear something coming, I'm like all excited, and then it pops out, and then I shoot it. Like if once I see it, I get a really good look at the deer. If it still gets me excited, then deer's getting shot at. I'm not gonna say no, yeah. get shot, but it's getting shot at. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, um, or at least get it. I can relate to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I like growing like growing up, kind of idolizing people like Daniel Boone and reading a lot of books about Daniel Boone. You know, guys like that just kind of striking out in the wilderness on their own, going out to gather furs or whatever they were doing, market hunting, which, you know, that that's its own thing. But you know, we idolize it. It's like it's like the ultimate freedom that that we all like kind of dream about, just being able to go out and do whatever and go hunt for a living, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I don't know, something about going out. Like me and you did in Tennessee, where we took the canoe down the river and everything Freaking early in epic. the morning. I mean, stuff like that. Like we didn't know what we were going into. We'd never seen the place. We didn't have necessarily high goals, and we went in there, man, and had a buck like a walk nice right up buck, to us, man. and you didn't, nice you were not buck. ready. On the ground, had a freaking good buck walk right up to us, and he just wanted to die, and nope. Yeah, he just wanted... If mm. I had the muzzle loader, it would have been a different story. Mm. Uh, dude. But, I mean, it's stuff like that. Just wandering around, had no knowledge of the area, just going off pure, like, woodsmanship, really, to yeah. read the terrain, read the sign, and go find them and kill them like that day. That's what I'm planning on doing tomorrow. Yeah, and stuff like that. I just freaking love it. I cannot get enough of it. Yeah, I still feel like I'd make one hell of a guide. But just when it comes to actually killing an animal, it's just it's a different story. Again, I don't have hey, I don't have a whole bunch of experience killing a whole bunch of deer, dude. So it is what it is. That's why I'm trying to, you know, I've killed four this year. I'd like to kill I'd like to get one more. Um, whether it's a buck or doe, it doesn't matter. Um who knows? Maybe maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. You know, I might I might last minute, like last day of season, might run down. If I can if I can't get out, I might just run down to our farm and I really want to get some footage of me, you know, shooting a doe with a pistol. I've talked to my uncle. That was one thing that he said we could do down there. Since it's something different, not with a rifle. Last day of season. I might try to do that. Um, if not, I'm going to try to get out in uh, some local piece of public and try to make something happen uh, relatively quickly because I'd love to be able to get another deer down. Um, but, again, guys, you know, I guess we kind of beat around the bush on this, but, you know, just have fun when you're hunting. You know, if, if you're not having fun, dude, and if it's not enjoyable to you, then you're not doing it right. Um, it's... I'm not going to say don't take it seriously because I take it serious. Like when I'm, when I'm like going hunting, it's a serious game. Okay. Oh yeah. But it, it's also one of those things like, you know, if I strike out, I'm learning from it. What did I do wrong? Why did I not see deer or why did the deer blow at me or why was I not able to make the shot and then learn from that and don't let it happen again and keep going. Yeah. So I agree. I'm excited. I'm excited to close out the deer season. Hopefully I'd like to shoot two more. I don't know if I'll, I mean, I could do it. I don't know if, ah, man, it's going to be hard, but we'll see. Hopefully I'll kill one tomorrow. But, uh, listen, listen, okay. I got a good feeling. I got a good feeling, man. I've been seeing all the does. Okay. The first time I went in here, I saw five does. <laughs> Last time I saw three, and I found fresh scrapes, and the rut is start. They're chasing right now. They just started chasing. So, boy, you, I know I'm in the right spot. It's going to happen sooner listen, or later. I'm going to see one. Bro, you need it. You need it. To midday, stalk your way through some doe bedding areas. I'm just—you better find some thick, nasty cover. I'm telling you, if I see if I see an Instagram story of some wide open timber, I'm calling you and be like, "What the absolute hell are you doing right now, bud?" 
are you, are you trying to strike out? All right. Listen, Alabama guys, that, that, that crap don't work. If you're in some wide open timber, unless there ain't nothing else around for five miles, it ain't happening, bud. It ain't happening. I saw one guy, he was talking about hunting a uh, local piece of public and uh, talking about like, trying to kill a big deer. I'm like, boy, you better, you better get some thicker timber because that crap's way too freaking open. But I can see on your photo like 100 yards, that ain't good. Yeah, it, it, it I'd agree with that. I'm going to see. I don't know exactly what most of this place looks like, but I'm gonna, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to go in the morning and get in the spot where I saw those three does because mm-hmm. the thermals will be coming up, so I sh- I'll be fine. But I'm going to get in that spot with the rifle and hunt it for a little while and then, oh, uh, I don't know, get down whenever I feel like getting down and going and still hunting towards where they came from and kind of backtracking and seeing what that bedding area might look like, seeing what kind of food sources might be back there. And hopefully get into a spot where I can see into some thick cover, because that's exactly how I killed that buck back in December. Are you but, are you um, taking the saddle out? Or are you hunting off the ground? What are you doing? I'm taking the saddle. Sweet. That's the cool thing about the saddle, man. Take the saddle on those uh, silent approach steps, man. Super compact. Hunt off the ground or hunt elevated. Do whatever. Oh, yeah. Light Slap them on a tree. Yep. Shimmy up there. Kill a deer. Dude, I'm, I'm excited. Get me one of those, uh, talking about like gear and everything. Get me one of those uh, Vario uh, packs from Badlands. I want to test one of those bad boys out, dude, next year. And uh, yeah, especially- I want the the day pack one. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be perfect. Yep, dude, it, it'd be sweet. But anyway, awesome man. I think we ought to wrap this one up. We're coming up close to an hour. Well, I don't know. After you do some cutting from some stuff that said or didn't say, it'd be a shorter one. It'd be a little. <laughs> it'd be a, it might be a little bit shorter. I don't know. A little bit shorter. I don't know. Andrew, slipping up. I'm slipping up. I don't know. Anyways, guys, Andrew, got any other concluders or anything else? Uh, Leave us a review. Share us with a buddy. Check out our YouTube. Another thing I was going to say, I just now noticed, so you drive a Ford pickup truck, but you're wearing a Chevy shirt, you bastard. What is What is this? What is this? Dude, I... I used to drive a K5. I know, but you bad, you bad, you bad talk Chevy all the time. <laughs> oh, dude, I do, man. I do. My sister and my mom both drive Equinox, Chevy Equinoxes, and they are the worst vehicle on earth. Dude, they're terrible. I told We've you about my so Malibu. That Malibu, dude, it's like got 8,000 miles on it, and freaking the, the transmission's already kicking. So. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. I remember that because I felt it. I was like, dude. This thing's screwed up. Dude, it's already, it's, it was doing it more know, driving down here from freaking Nashville. I was like, Jesus. Yeah. So I'm wearing this Chevy shirt because at the, at the deer show this year, we were walking around. And you know, at the deer expo, like people are always throwing free stuff at you, mm-hmm. like trying to get you to pay attention to them. And this dude's like, hey, you want a free shirt? I was like, sure. So I took it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, there's, there's a couple better ways I think they could get some people's attention at, uh you know, some of those events, but we won't talk about that right now on the air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Yep, yep, yep. All right, all right, guys. Well, cool. I don't have really any concluders other than I am excited about uh, NWTF coming up in a couple weeks. Oh, um, yeah, dude. I'm, I'm looking at my my spurs and my beard from that bird I shot last year. I got them sitting up on my desk, like hanging there. I think the beard was ten and a half. The spurs are a little over an inch. Mm-hmm. Good turkey. Good turkey. Don't kill five of them this year. That's that's the goal. <laughs> that's the goal. I gotta get my first long beard. I still never killed a long beard. I've only killed one Jake, and that was last year. But I called it up myself, so I was kind of excited. Yeah, all you deer folks that have been listening to us for deer season, stick around for turkey season because we'll learn you some turkey hunting. 
or we what? won't. But what? But what? Uh, but our guests will. Dude. We'll learn you. That's we, how you we say gotta, it. We got to work on our English. Oh my god. Not in Alabama, we like, don't. Like I might not have a draw, but by God, dude, I can't pronounce to say. You know, I can't pronounce. Put. Well, there you go. Yeah, there you go, folks. No, but uh, awesome. Yeah, dude, I'm so excited again, guys. Yeah, turkey season is going to be fire. Okay, absolute fire. We, Content, we, everything. Like, you killed your first turkey last year, and I had my bre- my best turkey season ever last year. Mm-hmm. And I think that, at least on my end, is completely because of the podcast. Because we were interviewing so many people that were, like, so freaking good at turkey hunting. Man, we had Scott Ellis, Billy Yargis. Um, Cuz Strickland. Cuz Strickland, Bob Walker. Bob Walker. Uh, dude, we just had Jared Smith. Jared Smith, a killer. Is a, dude, it's not even fair. I, I was texting him earlier. I'm like, let's hunt together. Dude, like, <laughs> dude, three of his five birds were on public land, I believe. I know. Yeah, they were. Like, and he tagged out like in the first week. Like that was ridiculous. Five birds. I think he tagged week. out before we had Cy Collie on. Cy's a killer. Cy's a killer. We, we just had a we had a we had a bunch of turkey killers on last year that we learned a lot from. Yeah, all southern and, killers uh, too. These aren't these aren't all southern killers. Yeah, yeah, these guys know how to kill them smart eastern turkeys with a a PhD in a flat jacket. All right, ain't that right? Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. PhD in a flat jacket. That's what they're born with. <laughs> Awesome. Well, guys, once again, make sure you also tune in for our YouTube channel. Uh, we've been dropping a lot of videos relatively lately. Got a lot more stuff coming out for that. So make sure you subscribe to that. Uh, make sure you also, you know, if you like our videos, make sure you like them and, uh, you know, comment. If you, there's anything, you know, you really liked about the videos, let us know. And uh, we'd love to get your feedback. And uh, other than that, we appreciate you guys for tuning in. And, Andrew, I'm going to have to tune out, man, because – over here on this Eastern time, it's like 1030. It's about bedtime, son, so I'm about to get out of here. Yeah, I got to get my crap together and go kill a buck in the morning, so night. All right, guys, we're starting to get kind of close to summer here. And you know what my favorite part about summer is? The Mobile Hunters Expo. Y'all heard us talk about it a lot last year, and we actually got to meet a lot of you guys at that expo. Well, we're excited to announce we're going to be there again. This time it's going to be in Dalton, Georgia, June 28th through June 30th. We are going to be there all three days. We're going to have a bunch of past podcast guests there. We're going to have a booth where you can come by and grab some merchandise. And I'm sure we're going to be recording all kinds of podcasts there. If you're unfamiliar, the Mobile Hunters Expo is the place you need to be if you are the kind of hunter that listens to this podcast this show was literally made for you it is an excellent group of people that are going to be there a lot of whitetail killers from around the southeast are going to be there you're going to get to talk to them shake their hand learn from them in person make some connections and guys we get a lot of questions about uh, which saddle should i get which tree stand should i get what about this piece of gear what about that piece of gear How do I meet other hunters who want to hunt the same way that I do? You know, finding a good hunting buddy. The Mobile Hunters Expo is a place for all of that. So you guys don't miss it. June 28th through the 30th, Dalton, Georgia. We'll see you there.